We're in a several week uh, topical series that we're talking of, we're looking at uh, questions for Jesus. Sometimes they're questions about Jesus. Uh, most of them are directed right toward Jesus, uh, disciples, um, people in the crowd, um, sometimes even enemies ask Jesus questions and, and often his answer was not only relevant to them but to us. Uh, this morning's is going to be more a question about Jesus bouncing off an, uh, an incident uh, or miracle that he performed. And um, in the first century, these people uh, got their answers occasionally. We won't look at any of those specifically, but Jesus kind of deferred uh, an answer and maybe answered their question with another question or something like that. But generally, he was straightforward with his answer and Sometimes they liked that answer and went away pleased. Sometimes there were other re reactions to his answers. Some became angry. Occasionally somebody went away sad like the rich young ruler. It's all different things. Some of the people who came to him with questions were honestly seeking answers. They really wanted to know something. Sometimes they just wanted uh, validation for themselves, for their position, maybe. Sometimes they wanted recognition. Sometimes they were asking Jesus questions to try to trap him, to get him in trouble. And of course, eventually did. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 8. And we'll read a short account there found also in the other Gospels of uh, Jesus typically called maybe your version if it has the, uh, the uh, titles for sections and, and accounts and so forth, calls it Jesus calms a storm or something like that. Then Jesus got into the boat, uh, Matthew chapter 8 and verse 23. Then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. They also got into the boat. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're gonna drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? And then he got up, he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The disciples, the men were amazed and they asked apparently each other, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. You know that account, it's one that we use often in, in vacation Bible school and Sunday school classes and so forth of Jesus uh, calming a storm on the lake. And I wanna focus this morning on that question in the first part of verse 27. And there's a second half to it, but, um, Verse 27, what kind of man is this? Now you understand, this isn't the, uh, a crowd that's come to hear Jesus teach or heard about his miracles or whatever asking this. It's his closest followers, the ones he handpicked that he called to follow him and said, hey, come with me and, and you're going to spend a significant amount of time with me and learn ministry and then carry on my work. Those are the ones that are with him right now. So they've already seen him. They've already been there when he's 
heal, in, in particular, healed a number of people. Scripture records that. So he's, they've seen that. So why, after he calms the storm, are they so amazed that he could do this? I don't know about that. Maybe they, based on him healing people, maybe they just thought he was some kind of great doctor or physician. That he had power over the human body because, because doctors of all generations have been able to do that progressively better as time goes along, of course, thankfully. Maybe they just thought he was some kind of great doctor. And they had no idea about the incredible, special nature and power of Jesus. And this is just the beginning of them getting an idea about that and beginning to understand that. What kind of man is this? Well, first of all, he's the kind of man that had a connection with God. He was a man, but he wasn't just a man. He was a human being, but he was also a divine being. He wasn't just a child of God like all of us, like his followers then even would become. He was the son of God, the only begotten son of God. Now the Jewish people, of course, as we talked about last week, are, are, are looking for, they're waiting for, they're watching for the Messiah, the Christ, the one God's going to send to bring into the world to save them. Well, they had other ideas about what the Messiah would do. I don't know if it even entered their minds that the Messiah would necessarily have or exhibit power like this, calming a storm. Most importantly here, Jesus was a co-creator. It seems to be from references in Genesis and other places in the Old Testament that Jesus was with God as he created our world, our universe even. It seems to be that he was with God then and he was a co-creator of everything. Not just of us, but of everything. And this is a key, one of the things I want us to get and to keep is that since he created it, in this case, nature, but lots of things. Since he created it, he can control it. Since he created it, he can control it. One of the things Marla and I learned recently in attending occasional Al-Anon meetings, one of their mantras is, I didn't cause it. I can't control it. I can't cure it. Now that has special significance when you're trying to understand and help someone uh, that's addicted or, or whatever. But in this case, it's only half true. Jesus didn't cause it, but he can control it. Not only does he have connection with God, but he has control over nature. And is exhibiting this when they say, what kind of man is this? 
that even the wind and the waves, even the storm, obeys him. This terrible storm that scared us to death obeyed Jesus. Now, now, of course, their approach to Jesus was more dire and direct, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. At least, and I don't know what degree this is, but at least during that difficult time, they knew where to turn. Maybe it was a first resort, maybe it was a last one. But, Lord, save us. Now, in talking about a furious storm, it says the wind and the waves. Maybe you saw just in the last day or two um, a recent cruise ship that lost engine power and was just drifting and just shaking it violently. And you could see dishes going everywhere, people even injured and all that. And they were evacuating the people from the cruise ship by helicopter, and we're going to eventually have to tow this large cruise ship into a port. Maybe even closer to home, you've seen accounts of the devastating flooding in northwest Missouri, in, in Nebraska, in Iowa. Clayton's family is involved in that and have been a number of times. Uh, we, my previous ministry from 1981 through 96 was about in a small town about five or six miles east of uh, the Missouri River and um, hour maybe or so south of, of uh, Clayton's home. And uh, it began in 93 the fir- for them, I think, and that was the first major flood, and that was an every 500-year flood. And Clayton, there's been how many since then? This is... Probably five every 500-year floods in 25 years. Just the devastation is incredible. Uh, Not just fields and not just roads covered, but roads taken out and homes, houses destroyed. Just unbelievable, the power of nature. Now remember, he created it, not necessarily the devastation, but he can control it. And that's what he was demonstrating for them. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Can you imagine the weather forecasters that we have today even trying to deal with that one, trying to call that one? It said it came up suddenly. There would have been red flag warnings. There would have been burn bans. There would have been the new infamous bomb cyclone they I think they just invented they're terrified and seemingly Jesus wasn't even concerned you think about the other forces of nature or or aspects of nature maybe that that God and Jesus sometimes exhibited control over there were the flooding rains again that destroyed the world when God wanted to start over because of sin. The parting of the Red Sea and holding it back while his people went through. While his people were crying out for water, he brought water out of a rock. The sun stood still. There were unnatural 
earthquakes. There was darkness over the whole land. There were trees bearing fruit out of season. There were trees that died due to unproductivity just because Jesus said so. Remember, he created it. He can control it. Now, that's, we're not just talking about nature. We're also talking about us. What kind of man is this? It's a man who has compassion for people. Jesus, of course, didn't want them to drown. He didn't even seem to want them to be afraid. He thought they shouldn't need to be afraid. So he laid their fears. He, he eliminated the danger. He calmed the storm. But I wonder what Jesus was thinking. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? I wonder what he was thinking. Was he thinking that if their faith was great enough, they could have done what he did? Maybe. Was he thinking that they should have known from what they'd seen so far in being with Jesus that that as long as he was with them, he could take care of that? Should they have known that? It's going to be okay. God's here. It's going to be okay. I'm not sure they comprehended that yet, that God was in the boat with them. It's going to be okay. I remember the last time I got to speak with Tom Butler. Many of you knew Tom, a member here for many, many, many years. And Tom had uh, chronic health problems. And one of the, for years and years, and, and often went to Kansas City sometimes uh, in a coma for long periods of time and came out of that. And he went into the hospital down here uh, the final time. and. It became evident, he was still conscious, but it became evident that he was going to need to go somewhere for, for more advanced care, and they were going to take him to Kansas City. And I visited with Tom here, and he just looked at me, and he said, Dan, is going to be okay, isn't it? And I think Tom knew. I think Tom knew that as he left here, he might never physically come back here. And that very much turned out to be the case. Uh, when he got there not long after, he, his condition worsened and he had to go on a ventilator and he didn't ever come off the ventilator. Is it going to be okay? Jesus was assuring Tom and his disciples that God's here, it's going to be okay. We need to be in the boat with Jesus. We need to be in the boat with Jesus. You saw there at the beginning, it, Jesus got in the boat and the disciples followed him. They got in the boat with Jesus. No idea there would have been a storm on the lake or a storm was coming. If they had known that, I don't know if they would have got in that boat with Jesus. But we don't know that either, do we? 
we don't know when the storms are coming or how big they'll be. But if we're not in the boat with Jesus, we can't listen to his teaching and grow. We can't watch the miracles he performs and maybe even be a part of one, the recipient of one. We can't have the storms calmed in our lives. We can't be assured there's no need to be afraid. And most importantly, if we're not in the boat with Jesus, we can't be taken where he's going, and that's eternity with God.